0: Good morning, church. Good morning. Well, that was weak. Good morning, church. Good morning. There we go. My name is Jasmine. Uh, Jasmine Pagaduan. Don't try to pronounce the last name. <laughs> um, I am an. I am a col- I am a A university sophomore studying at La Sierra University. I grew up. I grew up thinking that if I wanted to make a difference in the world, if I wanted to be God's disciple. I had to travel across the world, get out of my comfort zone. One problem, as I said before, I am a college student. I have sold my soul to the student loans. <laughs> oh, no one agrees. <laughs> However, God did provide, but in a way that I expect, in a way that I never expected. La- um, during my freshman year, I was given the opportunity to go on a short-term mission trip to Los Angeles. During that, tri- uh, during that trip, I saw a lot of things that I, that I would probably see if I had gone internationally. I saw a lot of pov- poverty. I, I saw poverty, I saw this sort of hopelessness. And, However, there was one moment that it just finally clicked. I was helping out in I was helping out in a soup kitchen, and after I after I given all the people their food, and and uh, comforted and eh, no, just gave them the food. I was told to sit among these people and just and just try and talk to them. Just my luck, I was sitting I was sat next to this guy who was like twice my height. He looked like he should have been in the, who should have been a, a biker gang, white hair, a braided down side, a ponytail, and, and I'm just sitting here, trembling, wondering what am, I, what am I going to say. He Instead, he ended up telling me his story. He told me how he had grown up on the streets, had, got addic- had gotten addicted to drugs, and for the longest while, he thought his life was just down the toilet. Eventually, he came upon this rehab place where I was where I was volunteering at. And several um, after about two years in rehab, he has he's been living drug free for four years. But as I'm listening to his story, I realize there are people just like him that are suffering. They and they're not even across the globe. They're right here, and it's and it, like as I said before, it clicked. I don't need to go across. I, there are people who need our help right here. God told us to go to travel across the world. For all we know, that world could be right here in our backyard. Thank you.
1: Hi, uh, hi, everyone. Happy Sabbath. Um, My name is Kenneth, or Kenny. Oh, I hear an echo. Um, Is that echo supposed to be there? Oh, never mind. Okay. um, it was about, uh, I'm going to just tell you a story. All right, um, it was about two months ago. I had recently found out that our whole youth group was gonna have the chance to come here to San Diego. I was super excited. Um, I love playing music and playing at church is one of my favorite things to do, so naturally I couldn't wait. So we set up a date, meet up, choose a few songs. Um, We we set up a date to meet up and choose a few songs as well as a service layout. Now I'd be listening to a lot of music during this time, getting a few ideas of what songs we could do. Anyways, uh, we go to church, pick, pick a few songs, it was going great. Um I felt good because we had picked some great songs and I also knew that some of the youth were going to do testimonies but I didn't worry about that. I you know I just sat on the couch with my arms crossed knowing you know I'm going to be doing the music so they're not going to ask me. So um our friend Luigi yeah, there he is. um he he asked us you know who wants to do testimonies who wants to volunteer. So I look around and everyone's just quiet and it's awkward and I look around for a few more seconds, no one raises their hand, so I'm like, okay, I'll do it, you know. So, yeah, if you didn't know me, then I'm like the shyest person you could ever imagine. Um, usually, it's rare that I speak. I just like sit around in a group of friends, listen, I'll rarely say something thinking that it's funny, but then it just, it just ends up awkward as no one laughs. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, this is going to be pretty big for me. Um, so uh, shortly after I volunteered, it really came to my mind what I just volunteered for. Um, I didn't want to do it anymore. I started panicking. I tried to think of every possible way to get out of it, you know, volunteering to do a prayer or this and that, but it didn't work. <laughs> so uh, I go back home thinking um, of every possible story I could say, but I came up with nothing. It was still a few months away, so I just, I just decided I would put it off and not worry about it. So a week passes, two, week pa- two weeks pass, and I still haven't worked on it. Uh, I go to church, and someone tells us that there's an extra ticket for this conference called Catalyst. Now, I had gone last year, and it, it's one of the most amazing experiences, and I wanted to go again, but my brother, he hadn't gone yet, so it would only be fair if he took the ticket. But I thought it was a, uh, it came out a good time, because he would come home like spiritually enlightened and could help me somehow write my testimony. So uh, a week later, my brother starts getting ready to leave, and I overhear my mom, uh, and she's like, she tells them that they're going to meet at an Olive Garden. Now, I love food, so immediately I asked my mom if I could go. So she said yes, and a few hours later, we go head on over to Olive Garden. So I go, eat, start enjoying breadsticks and salad, and then my pastor gets a call. And it turns out one of her friends uh, that could only make it for one day, uh, Friday, it was Thursday and Friday, uh, she could only make it Friday, so... um, she said there was an extra ticket available for one day, and she asked me if I was interested. So I go talk to my mom. Um, it was kind of expensive, but I talked to her, and we agreed that, yeah, I, I, I should go. So I only had my phone, my wallet, and what I was wearing. So I, I wasn't prepared for this at all. So we go to the nearest Target, buy a few essentials and everything, but I didn't mind. There were some great musicians, Hillsong, David Crowder, Israel. And I knew it was going to be a lot of fun. So I went, and it was just an amazing experience listening to all the speakers and all the musicians and all the worship. And so I come home, and I'm ready to write my testimony. I sit down, get on my desk, and start thinking once again of a good story. Uh, I had heard a testimony at Catalyst, and I also had heard some other ones. But none of, the, uh, none of my stories were as interesting as those, where their lives are all going terribly wrong, and they're struggling, and suddenly they meet some, God somehow in their lives, and their lives turn around completely. I didn't have anything like that. I lived my whole life believing in God, and I had a pretty good life. I s- struggled with my faith, but I also had some good times, and I, I thought my life was good. So at that moment, I was saying, like, okay, I can't do this. I, uh, I put it off again for another week and see what happens. So that week, I was asked to play at another church. We had recently moved out of Victorville into another church uh, near L.A., and we had, had been attending this church for a few months. their music services were great, but I've never played with them before, so I was excited. Um, so they, they asked me to go and practice, and uh, me and my brother go over there, and they asked me to play bass. Uh, so I was a little sad because um, I'm mainly a drummer, and I love to play the drums. But I decided you know, uh, it doesn't matter, but I thought to myself, okay, this drummer better be pretty good for him to, you know. So we start practicing, and halfway through the first song, I can already tell he's not the best drummer, but it's not like I'm any better, so. Um, He wasn't bad, but, you know, I thought, uh, you know, they should have called me instead. So I go through the practice, watching him and criticizing him, making note of every single mistake he makes. And after practice, I go home disappointed, wondering, you know, why didn't they choose me to be the drummer? Anyways, uh, I go to church the next morning to practice one last time. And uh, I get ready to play my bass and show off a little. And then uh, my, the worship leader just starts talking to us, and he tells us to sit down. He talks about the songs, uh, what they really mean, and then he asks this question He asks, What is something you are glad God knows about you? And I immediately thought to myself, That's a weird question. Uh but then the drummer who I started criticizing he starts talking. He says something along the lines of this. Uh I'm just glad I'm uh, able to be here and worship God. I know I'm not the best drummer, but I'm blessed to be given enough talent to praise God. Then he says this. I know God chose me to do this and because of that I will trust in him and I know that he will bless us in this uh and our music. And that to me was big. Uh I realized, you know, God chose me to play bass, God chose him to play drums. Um, I shouldn't be there criticizing everyone and trying to show off, but I should be there worshiping and praising God. So then the worship leader asks us to go around the church and uh, find a spot where we can spend a few minutes in prayer. And I immediately ask God to forgive me because of how selfish and arrogant I was, and I ask him to humble me and allow me to see the true meaning of worship. So we finish our individual prayers, we we pray one last time as a group, and we go out to play for church. I start playing, I forget about all the technical aspects of the music, I ignore the mistakes and everything else and just focus on worshiping God. And I know that God was there with us that day. The people were standing up, worshiping along with us, singing at the top of their lungs, God was there. Even our worship leader was crying in the middle of the set because of how, it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever experienced. And it hit me, um, God chooses each and every one of us Uh, to do something he chose me he chose a drummer he chose all of us and he chooses all of us God chose each and every one of you to be here today he chose us Victorville to be here today to be able to share our experiences our problem is sometimes we don't want to do it we end up uh, looking at all our flaws and all the reasons why we shouldn't do it and why we're not the right person like me I I looked at how shy I was how afraid of speaking in public I was and I didn't want to do it. But it's ultimately, uh, we, we need to have faith and trust in God. At Catalyst, uh, I heard one of the speakers, Andy Stanley, he said something like this. He said, when God asks you to run through a wall, do it. He will make a hole for you. And that immediately made me think differently. If we trust in God, he will make a way. We need to stop looking at all the reasons why we shouldn't do something. When we know God has called us to do something, it is up it is up to us to take that step in faith and do it. Proverbs 3.5 says to trust in the Lord, not when it's convenient, not when, or not with half of your heart, but it says to trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and that's what's important, and I could also stand here and talk all day about how God chose me to do this, and how God chose um, me to play, and to go to Catalyst, and to speak here, but in reality, it's God chooses everyone, and he, he chose all of us, and he's choosing all of us to do something for him today sorry (laughs) Uh, we just need to have faith in him and trust in him um and when we uh when he calls us to do something we need to stop focusing on how but on what god will take care of the how it doesn't matter how difficult it is for us how difficult it may seem all it matters is that we have trust in god and that when we know god is with us he will take care of it
2: I just want to take a moment to thank Pastor Melton and the pastoral staff um, for inviting us and welcoming us here into your church this morning. It has been such a blessing getting to share and hear about how God has and is continuing to work in all of our lives. Um, Recently, I came across a quote from Matt Chandler's book, The Explicit Gospel. In this part of the book, he explains what follows after people have heard the gospel, the good news that God, out of his love for us, has a plan to overcome the sin and separation that is keeping us from an everlasting relationship with him. And so the quote is this. The gospel is news, not advice or instruction, but it nevertheless demands response. So if we look at our lives today, a question I think we have to ask is this. How am I responding to the good news of Jesus Christ? Am I stirred up toward obedience Or is Jesus becoming cliche to me? Am I becoming inoculated or immune to Jesus? Or do I find myself being more and more stirred up to worship him, to let others know about him, to submit my life fully to him? We have to ask these questions because everybody responds to the gospel. And so when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, this good news is so incredibly transforming in that his mission becomes the sole purpose to our lives. His love compels us to follow him, and the gift of the Holy Spirit empowers us to live a life that glorifies him. There are three texts that I want to share with you today that describe a response to God's purpose. Ephesians 4.16 says, For the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. Responding to God's purpose could mean recognizing your role in the body of Christ and working at it wholeheartedly. For Jasmine, who shared earlier today, it was realizing that God had given her a heart for the less fortunate, and her heart drives her to further God's kingdom by reaching the lost. The second verse is Jeremiah twenty-nine eleven through 13. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And responding to God's purpose could mean acknowledging that his plans are better than our own, and maybe we need to let go of our own desires in order to make room for what God has in store. And for Kenny, that response involved putting his trust in God, considering the plans for his life. The last text I want to share with you is the Great Commission. Here, Jesus is super-duper clear about a response to his purpose. He simply wants us to go. Go, not stay where we are, comfortable in our surroundings, but just to have faith, go, and proclaim the glory of God. It's definitely easier said than done and can be scary, but God comforts us through the reminder that he will always be with us. The Great Commission, Matthew 18, 28, 18 through 20 is this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. In each of these ways to respond to God's purpose, I think the first step is to surrender our lives to him. And as the band gets ready to play the closing song, I just want to encourage you to think about how you've been responding to the gospel. Are your personal desires the priority of your life? Does your behavior proclaim God's name, but your heart is self-centered? Are you scared about the risks and sacrifice? But no matter where we are in our walk with the Lord, he calls us to surrender everything to him.